In 2003, God pulled 15 people together with a unified vision to start a church. And since then, God has graciously multiplied those 15 people many times over. But now, more than a decade later, we're at another crossroads in our story. And it's time to unify that vision once again. Take Bob here. Bob is a regular churchgoer. He even tithes and volunteers. Not bad, right? But every time a mission trip gets brought up, Bob gets nervous. He couldn't possibly take the time off work. Here's the Parkers. They've been coming to Rolling Hills for a year or so, but haven't gotten involved. They keep meaning to join a small group, but they're just so busy. And here's Lucy and Chuck. They just got married and are still knee-deep in student loans, so they don't think tithing is much of an option. Next Steps was started as a way to challenge each of us to start investing our time, gifts, and resources toward the unified vision God has for our church. Reaching out is all about serving people outside our walls. Whether it's as a part of a Saturday Serve project, serving on a national or international mission trip, or as part of the core team for a new church plant. Growing up is taking that next step to mature in your faith. It could be through baptism, joining a small group for the first time, or serving as a volunteer, and of course joining us in Daily Steps, our church-wide daily Bible reading plan. With Giving All, we're asking that you take the first step toward tithing. There is so much that we can do as a church, in our community, and all around the world, but we can't do it without everyone taking part together. By taking your next steps, you're committing to Jesus and me. But when we all take a step forward with one unified vision, it becomes a movement of Jesus and me. Well, good morning, church. Good morning. And wow, what a crazy week, hasn't it been, with the ice and the snow. And I uh, hope and pray you've been safe this week. I also hope and pray you've had some fun. Maybe you got to go out sledding or getting to spend time with family and friends, but I hope you've been able to enjoy some of it as well. And uh, man, we are a part of something big. God is at work here in our lives and in His church. And I'm so excited about this series and what God's teaching us. You know, when I was young and I was growing up, I, I had a tricycle. And I can still remember some of my earliest memories were of my tricycle in the driveway. I would get on it and I would go up and down. I don't really fit on this one, uh, but I could go up and down my driveway. And it was just kind of a really cool thing. I mean, like I remember being young and I remember being in our house San Antonio. And some of my earliest memories kind of were around this and riding my bike. And I thought this was the coolest thing ever. And then I grew up. And as I grew up, I, I realized that there was more to life than this tricycle. And I, I got one of these bikes. It was like a mongoose bike. I don't know if everybody ever had one of those. And it was like the coolest thing. And I got this bike and we used to put baseball cards in the spokes and they'd make this little sound. And now I'm all thinking, how much was that baseball card worth? You know, but anyway, we put that in there and we would ride and my friends, we'd be on our street and we would jump over curves and we would jump over all kinds of things. And yeah, I fell a few times, got scratched up, but I didn't care because this was like the coolest thing ever, right? Until I grew up and I kept growing up. And as I grew up, then I got, I remember getting a 10 speed bike and I got a big bike. And then on this bike, man, it was awesome because I could go so far and so fast. And I mean, I had no limits now, not driveway or the street. I mean, we would go through the neighborhood. We would go down, we'd go to parks. We would ride all over. And I remember just flying on this bike. I could go so fast. You could feel the wind in my hair. Back when I had hair, you know, but it was just awesome and just going and going and going. And I thought this was the coolest thing ever until I had kids. 
And then I had kids and, and uh, I remember just uh, several Christmases ago as our girls were growing up and I remember Lisa and I staying up, they went to sleep and we're putting together, we're assembling a little big wheel tricycle like this. And it was a aerial tricycle because I live in a sorority house, right? And so we're there snapping all the pieces and the parts together. And I remember Christmas morning, I'll never forget this, as they woke up and they came out and they got on this tricycle and they just rode up and down the hallway, up and down. And it was so fun watching them have a good time and spin and learn. And I just thought that was the coolest thing ever until they got a little bit bigger and they grew up and then we got them a bike and it wasn't this big, right? But it was a bike and it had training wheels on it. And I would take them out in the street and they would ride with their training wheels and they would go around. And then the day came when I said, all right, girls, it's time to take off the training wheels. No, daddy, no, 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 we can't take off the training wheels. Yes, we're gonna take off the training wheels. We gotta take off the training wheels. And so I remember undoing the training wheels and, and there with Grace or there with Mabry and you're running alongside them, right? You're running alongside them and you would kind of let go a little bit. I mean, no, 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 hold on to me. And they would hold back on to them. And there were a couple of spills and falls, but they would get back up. We would keep going. And then the day came, right? As you're running along the side, running along the side, and then you would just let go. And then they started going, they started going. They're like, yeah, I got it, I got it. They're yelling and I'm yelling, yeah, yeah, they got it, they got it. And that was the coolest thing ever. Well, welcome back to our series called Next Steps. And in this series, God is challenging us to grow up in our faith. God is taking us deeper into places that we've never been. God is saying, I have an incredible plan for you. Trust me, follow me, hold on to me. I'm gonna do great things in you and through you for my name and for my glory, God says, hold on to me. And so this has been an awesome series. It's an initiative that we began actually 12 months ago. And 12 months ago, we asked everybody to take a next step in three areas, reaching out, growing up, giving all. Because as a measure of a disciple, that we are people who are sharing the love of Christ. We're people who are growing deeper in our faith. We are people who are saying, God, everything I have is yours. And what we're seeing is spiritual growth taking place. And it's awesome. Now, 12 months ago, we said it's kind of our personal journey. And today we're coming back and saying, we've got 12 months to go. We're asking everybody to lock arms. We're asking everybody to take a step together. Because the fact is this, when you and I step out, we can impact by ourselves, maybe somebody in our family, maybe somebody in our neighborhood. But when we step out together as a church, that's when a movement happens, right? That's when God does what only God can do. When you start to see Franklin and South Nashville, when you start to see people watching online, when you start to see God move in a mighty way, there's a movement of God that will shape communities, that will shape cities, that will shape the world. And we are a part of something way bigger than us. We are a part of something that God is doing. And God is alive and God is at work. Now in our series, we're following along with the, the early church and the movement that happened in the book of Acts as the church explodes onto the scene, as lives are being transformed for the glory of God. And we saw last week in Acts chapter one, as Jesus, right before he ascends into heaven, he calls the disciples together. He says, guys, we've been together three years. Here's my commission. Here's my challenge. And in Acts 1.8, he says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea and Samaria and the uttermost parts of the world. He says, guys, go be a witness. And so what we said last week is we're called to take steps into reaching out, right? We're called to, to share the love of Christ. And whether at home or in our neighborhood or at our workplace, we're just called to be a witness to share the love. And so how do we do that? And we do it through missions, local, national, international. And today we're looking at growing up. 
And as we move into Acts chapter 2, I love this chapter. We see the early church explode and we see the disciples growing in their faith and God doing what only God can do. If you have a Bible with you this morning, I invite you up with me to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. The New Testament, right? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the four gospels all talking about Jesus and his ministry and his sermons. And then he ascends into heaven in Acts chapter 1 and in Acts chapter 2 it tells us this. We're going to be in verses 1 through 41 as we kind of see the Word of God come alive here today. It says, when the day of Pentecost came, Acts chapter 2, verse 1. Now, Pentecost is one of the three Jewish feasts. Uh, it happens 50 days after the Passover. And it's one of the feasts that everybody, if you're a Jew, it doesn't matter where you live in the world, you come to Jerusalem to worship at the temple. And so here we are 50 days after Passover, right? Passover was when Jesus was crucified and resurrected. And so that's only 50 days earlier. Uh, and then Pentecost happens. You know, every seventh day is Shabbat. It's the Sabbath day. So that's the holy day. So seven sevens, because the number seven is holy. So seven Shabbats, then you would go to 49. And then the 50th day is when they would celebrate Pentecost. And Pentecost also called the Feast of Weeks, if you go back to the book of Deuteronomy. But it says, when the day of Pentecost came, so picture the scene, right? The place is packed. Jerusalem is filled with people. Jerusalem had swelled to four to five times its normal size, people coming from all over. Well, here's the disciples and they all are together in one place. And suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. And they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. So the coming of the Holy Spirit, remember Jesus had told the disciples, hey guys, you go into Jerusalem and you wait because the gift that God has promised is gonna come. And Jesus had told the disciples, one greater than I will come. He was talking about the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit comes and descends, Christ in you, Christ indwelling the believers, Christ indwelling the disciples. The Holy Spirit comes there and the Holy Spirit ignites the church. It says, now there were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. And when they heard the sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard them speaking in his own language. Utterly amazed, they asked, are not all these men who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears in our own native language? Perinthians, Medes, Eliamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Phygeria, Pamphylia, Egypt, and parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues, Utterly amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, they've had too much wine. So what we see is the outpouring of the Spirit. And the Spirit comes. Now, the Spirit moves in such a way that people are able to understand what the disciples are saying. People from all over the world, every tongue, every tribe, every language is able to understand. This is a different than if you go into 1 Corinthians and you see the, the speaking in tongues. That is more of a gift that's used in the church. That's used for edification. There's always there somebody to interpret. This was a gift so that people could understand the gospel. You think about it as the reverse of the Tower of Babel. You know, that God is not a God of confusion. God is a God of clarity. And so the gospel is preached. The word is spoken. And it says, then Peter stood up with the 11. Now, I love Peter, okay? 
I mean, Peter, one of the disciples, he walked with Jesus for three years, right? He made some huge mistakes. I think that's why I just like him so much. He was always sticking his foot in his mouth, you know, and like jumping to conclusions. And it, but yet Peter had this boldness and this courage because of the spirit with him. Peter stood up with the 11 and he raised his voice and he addressed the crowd, fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These men are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. He's like, come on, it's only nine in the morning. Let me get real. He says, no, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. Now, Joel is an Old Testament book. It was a prophecy written hundreds of years before Christ. And he says, here's the prophecy. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Men of Israel, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did among you through him, as you yourselves know. Let me stop right there real quick, because think about how much courage this took from Peter. 50 days earlier, this crowd was the crowd that was chanting, crucify, crucify, crucify about Jesus. And now Peter is standing up 50 days later and saying, hey guys, listen, you remember Jesus? You remember him, the one who did all the miracles, the one that everybody was saying, he's the Messiah, but then the one that you said crucify? Let me just tell you what God's done. Let me just tell you, this man was handed over to you by God's set purpose and foreknowledge. He says, just make sure that you understand this. God is sovereign, God had a plan, God had a purpose. You know, this didn't catch God by surprise. God was at work here. He says, and you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to a cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. Jesus conquered death. You know, the big bully on the block, the one that everybody was afraid, you know, still afraid, right? Death. And Jesus conquers death. Jesus made a way for you and me. And then he quotes more scripture, verse 25. David said about him. Now David, the king in the Old Testament, David was known as a man after God's heart. Everybody knew David. David was kind of a patriarch. David wrote the Psalms. And here's what he wrote in the book of Psalms. He says, I saw the Lord always before me because he's at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will live in hope because you will not abandon me to the grave nor Will you let your Holy One see decay? You have made known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence. David prophesying, the Messiah is gonna be like this. The Messiah is for me. The Messiah is gonna bring joy. Brothers, I can tell you confidently that the patriarch David died and was buried and his tomb is here to this day. But he was a prophet and he knew that God had promised him on oath that he would place one of his descendants on his throne. Seeing what was ahead, he spoke of the resurrection of the Christ, that he was not abandoned to the grave, nor his body see decay. God has raised this Jesus to life, and we are all witnesses of the fact. Exalted to the right hand of God, he has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you now see and hear. For David did not ascend to heaven, and yet he said, the Lord said to my Lord, 
Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Peter proclaims the gospel. Jesus is alive. Life happens in Christ. And I love what happens. The spirit moves and it says, when the people heard this, they were cut to the heart. And they said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? (laughs) What shall we do? They understood what happened. And Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words, he warned them and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. And look at verse 41, I love this. Those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. Wow. (laughs) You talk about church growth. You know, your church just explodes, right? You have the apostles and you have about 120 believers. And that day, 3,000 people say, yes, I believe. I want to be a Christ follower. I want my life to count for more than just this earth. I want to know Jesus and follow Jesus. And the outpouring of the Spirit and the movement that's created. Can you imagine I mean, I'd love to have been there. I've been to Israel. I've stood on the steps where Peter preached this message. And man, you just feel like the power of God and the implications that just reverberate throughout history. Today, about one third of the world would proclaim the name of Jesus because some men said, hey, we're gonna step up and step out for the glory of God. Now, I love this because you think about Peter, you know, and God used this guy, Peter, Peter was an ordinary person that God used for an extraordinary purpose. Peter was an ordinary person that God used for an extraordinary purpose. Think about it. Three years earlier, Peter is a fisherman. Peter's fishing in the Sea of Galilee. Peter's throwing his nets in the sea and Jesus walks up to him and says, hey, Peter, you want more out of life? (laughs) Hey, Peter, come follow me and I will make you a fisher of men. And in three years... Peter grew up. In three years, he he started following Jesus and he was discipled and he grew up and God used him in an incredible purpose. Do you think Peter would have ever even followed if Jesus would have come up and said, hey, Peter, listen, I'm gonna use you in an incredible way. Uh, I'm gonna do so many great things through you that one day there's gonna be St. Peter's Basilica in Rome. And you you won't believe this, but you know what? There's gonna be millions of people are gonna come and see it. Peter would be like, are you kidding me? No way. You know, I'm just an ordinary guy. I make mistakes. But Peter trusted God. And when the Holy Spirit prompted his heart, Peter stood up and he spoke. Peter gave a word of testimony. Peter was used by God. Peter could have said, you know what? I can't do that. 50 days earlier, I'm denying Jesus. 50 days earlier, a slave girl comes up to him and says, hey, aren't you one of those followers of Jesus? No, 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 not me. And now here he is standing up in front of crowds of people saying, Jesus is alive. The one you crucified, he is alive. He is alive. And transformation happens because Peter took a next step. Peter grew up and God used him in a great way for the glory of God and for God's eternal story. You know, the fact is this, I believe that so many Christ followers never reach their God-given potential because they're not willing to grow up. 
They're not willing to grow up. You see, there comes a time in our lives when, when God says, hey, it's time to take another step. And it's so many people, it's so easy to kind of step back and go, you know what? I'm good. I'm comfortable. Things are good in my life. You know what? I'm fine, God. <laughs> I mean, really. I mean, you just kind of find somebody else. And yet God's saying, no, 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 no. I'm calling you. I'm calling you, come follow me. It's gonna be awesome, it's gonna be incredible. I'm gonna do things that you won't even imagine. You're like, no, 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 no. You see, it's so much easier to stay on the tricycle, isn't it? I mean, it's not very comfortable, right? But, but you know what, we're on the driveway and it's safe. And yet you start to get up here and it gets a little tricky and, and yet God is saying, no, 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 there's so much more. Come on, come on. And in all of our lives, you know what? We never stop growing. We never stop, please hear that today. Maybe you've been a believer for 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, 50 years. You never stop growing. Peter could have spent three years with Jesus and then said, hey, that was a great run. You know what? I'm gonna go build a retirement home back there on the Sea of Galilee and I'm just got this view. It's gonna be awesome, right? You know, and I'm gonna pay people to fish for me. And I'm gonna, you know, but, but Peter said, no, 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 no. God's not finished with me. And the fact is this, God's not finished with you or with me either. <laughs> and God still has a plan and a purpose for our lives. And God is calling us to take a next step. And God is calling us to grow up. And God is calling us to go further in our faith journey than we would ever dream or ever imagine. But that's where it's fun. And we're thinking, this is as cool as it gets. And he goes, oh, no, 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 no. Just get ready and watch what I'm gonna do. Come follow, come trust, come grow. How did Peter grow in his faith? How did Peter grow in his faith? Three ways. Number one is this. He yielded his life to the Holy Spirit. He yielded his life to the Holy Spirit, right? When the Holy Spirit prompted him, Peter stepped out. Now, Peter could have said, right, the Holy Spirit speaking to him, and, you know, stand up there, Peter, and talk to the crowd, tell them about Jesus. And Peter could have said, nah, I don't really want to do that, okay? I don't really want to do that. But at this point, Peter says, okay, here we go. I'm going to step up for my faith. You know, the Holy Spirit speaks to all of us. Right, I, I believe that with all my heart. The Holy Spirit is speaking to all of us. God is drawing each of us to himself. God is always at work in our lives. And the point comes for you and for I, when, are we gonna listen? Are we gonna respond? Are, are we gonna say yes? And, and there's times in my life, I know, I know, I know. When the Holy Spirit's prompted me and, and I've been like, I don't know. And the Holy Spirit's saying, you know what? Hey, send this email or hey, make this text or hey, do this or go on this trip, mission trip or what? And I've been like, I don't know. And there comes a time of obedience. There comes a time to follow, to trust. And maybe you're here today and somebody's invited you, you've been coming for a little bit. And, and you know, I mean, you just feel in your heart, God has a purpose for you. God wants to do something in your life. And, and you're like, I don't know what it is. And you know what, just like the people there who said, hey brothers, what must we do? There comes a time when we just say, okay, God, I'm yours. That's where spiritual growth takes off. When we come to God and we just say, God, I'm yours. I'm yours. Uh, everything in my life for you. I love what it says in 1 Samuel chapter 15. It says, does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as he doth in obeying the voice of the Lord? To obey is better than sacrifice and to heed is better than the fat of rams. You know what that's saying? But back then they would go and they would sacrifice at the temple. It was, it was religion, right? 
Everybody brings an animal, everybody sacrifices, you kind of get your check mark, you go back, you live however you want to, you know, and then you come back and you go through your emotions. It, you see, it's not about religion. It's about a relationship. <laughs> it, it's just not about religion. It's about a relationship. And what Jesus is saying is, follow me. And spiritual growth happens as you and I learn to listen to God and we step out. And sometimes it's scary. Let's be honest. Sometimes it's scary. And maybe you went on your first mission trip and you were scared to death and you're like, man, I don't know what to pack. I don't know what to do. Or maybe, maybe God called you to have a conversation and a coworker is going through a tough time and God just prompted your heart to say, can I pray for you? And you're scared to death. You're like, man, I don't know if I'm gonna get fired. I don't know what's gonna happen here, but, but I'm gonna press into this and God's prompted me. But you know what happens then is you just feel God move. Why? Because to obey is better than sacrifice. See, so often we equate spiritual growth simply with knowledge. And we're gonna get to that, number two, that, that's, that's knowledge. But spiritual growth, it's, it's not just simply knowledge. Spiritual growth is obedience. It's obedience. If it was simply knowledge, then everybody in America would probably be the deepest Christians in the world because we have 90% of the world's Christian resources right here, you know? But yet you go to other places and you see the passion with which they live and the love in which they live. And what can happen so often, and I heard this from a guy, Mike Mentor, who's a pastor in Reston Bible Church in DC. He said, what we can do sometimes is we can worship doctrine over Jesus. <laughs> because it's easier to keep our doctrine, right? And we can keep God in a box. But when we kind of step outside of that and we say, no, 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 it's about following Jesus and trusting Jesus. And when God prompts your heart, when God moves in your heart, then you say yes to him. And maybe, you know what, it, maybe for you, it's just an act, a simple act of obedience and following Jesus. Maybe it's about baptism and God has been speaking to you about that. Maybe for you, it's about being the spiritual leader in your home. Maybe for you, it's praying with your spouse or praying with your children. You're kind of like, ah, I don't know about that, you know. <laughs> I don't know, maybe... For you, it's being a spiritual leader at work. I don't know what God's saying to you, but I know those people were cut to the heart and I know there's times when the Holy Spirit cuts me to the heart. And when the Holy Spirit does, you, you can either quench the Spirit, as the Bible says, and just say, nah, stiff arm God, or you can go on a journey where God will do things that you will blow your mind. And God is inviting you and God's inviting me. Peter yielded his life to the Holy Spirit. Second thing Peter did, Peter did, he spent time with Jesus. He spent time with, I, I, I love that Peter had three years to spend with Jesus. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine every day waking up and going, Jesus, what are we gonna do today? You know, I mean, we're gonna, we're gonna heal somebody, Jesus. You're gonna feed 5,000 people. What are you gonna do today, Jesus? I mean, this is gonna be awesome. Every day for three years. How cool would that be? But you know what the fact is? You and I have the same opportunity. Through prayer, through reading God's word, every day we have the opportunity to spend with Jesus. See, just because Jesus ascends into heaven in Acts chapter one, Peter doesn't stop praying, right? If you go to Acts chapter 10, Peter's on a roof praying and God gives him a vision and says, hey, Peter, that was awesome that you stood up on Pentecost and the church exploded and 3,000 people accepted Christ. But now Peter, Acts chapter 10, I want you to go to the Gentiles. And Peter, who's a leader in the church, balks and says, no, 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 I can't do that. And God goes, oh, yes, 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 you can, you know, watch this. And God uses Peter in an incredible way. See, God's not finished with any of us yet, but it takes us spending time with God, spending time with God. So I ask us, how's our prayer life, you know? 
And so often we say, well, I'm too busy to pray. I got so many things going on. I got to get it done. I got to wake up. I got to go after it. I got to hammer it out and get it done. And God's going, no, 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 no. Take your time. Spend time with me. We pray. We pray. As a part of this next steps, we're asking everybody over the next 12 months to, to commit to take a daily step, to spend time with God daily, to pray and to read the word. We have a daily step guide where we're reading through the Bible together, right? And it's so good, you guys. I have it on my phone. I have it on, the, on my app, the Rolling Hills Church app, you know, and I hit it on the way to work. I just hit the app and I put it on play and I listen to it in the car. And today was Psalm 14. And it was great. And it was also John chapter 11. So Old Testament passage, New Testament passage. So I'm listening to John chapter 11, talking about Lazarus. He's dead. Hey, it's gonna get even better tomorrow. He's alive. I don't wanna ruin it for you, but man, it's awesome. It's exciting. So jump into it, but it's great. But I, every morning, you know, I'm just into the word and it starts the day right. And maybe you say, you know what? I've tried to read the Bible. You know, it's just hard. I don't get it. It doesn't make sense. Hey, come on. I want to tell you, you start to read, you will start to grow. And the book of Psalms is so good. It's so deep and rich. And the gospel of John, you know what? Don't just say, hey, I tried it before. I'm not going to do that. I love what Oswald Chambers says. Never let a sense of past failure defeat your next step. If you don't get anything else, get that one, right? Never let a sense of past failure defeat your next step. What if Peter would have gone, you know what? 50 days earlier, I denied Jesus three times. There's no way that God's gonna use me. He's done with me. God's going, no, I'm not. Every one of us have made mistakes. Every one of us. But praise God for grace, huh? Praise God for grace. And maybe if you tried to read the Bible, maybe you haven't been able to keep up, that's okay. Just start over, start now. Jump in, take a daily step. Go to the website, download you know, the reading plan or get a book out there. But somehow that we're reading God's word and we're growing in God's word. Here's what Peter writes later on in 1 Peter, 1 Peter chapter two. Peter writes in verse one, therefore rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. Like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. Isn't that great? Crave, what is pure spiritual milk? The word of God, crave the word of God, crave it so that you can grow up in your salvation. Now that you have tasted, now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. Here's number three, here's number three is this. He served God's church. Peter becomes the leader in the church. He served God, see, Jesus loves his church, right? The church is called the bride of Christ. The church is the body of Christ. Jesus is coming back for his church, <laughs> the church. The church is the vehicle to accomplish God's work in this world. And Peter stepped into it. And it's amazing, right? Peter moved from being just like a spectator to Peter being in the game and leading and doing great things for the glory of God. He became a part of the church. And for you and I, a spiritual growth step may be, hey, it's time for me to join the church. It's time for me to become a partner at the church. It's time for me to, you know what, to worship one hour, serve one hour. It's time for me to give back and to be involved. But taking those spiritual steps of growth, maybe it's time to be a part of a small group. You know what, I can ride a long ways by myself, but I need people around me. I need a, a group around me to help me grow and to nourish. That is the church. That's community. You weren't meant to do life on your own. You weren't meant to do the spiritual life on your own. 
God gave us one another. Peter and John, John was a leader in the early church too. They, they're arrested later on in Acts chapter four and they're taken before the Sanhedrin. And I love this one of my favorite verses, but it says in verse 13, when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and took note that these men had been with Jesus. <laughs> you know what, Peter and John, they didn't have some PhD in religion or some, you know, MDiv. I mean, Peter and John were ordinary, unschooled men that God used for an extraordinary purpose. There were people like you and me, right? That God just used in an incredible way to further his church and to make an impact that reverberates throughout history. And they took note that these guys have been with Jesus. John, he later writes in 1 John, 1 John chapter two. John writes, I write to you, dear children, because your sins have been forgiven on account of his name. See, John's writing, he's talking about the church. He says spiritual growth happens in the church. There's children in the church. Now, spiritual age and physical age are different, right? You could be a 40-year-old spiritual child. You know, somebody advised you, you've given your life to Christ, you've yielded, you, you're just saying, hey, I don't know a whole lot, but man, I just wanna know more about Jesus. I wanna follow him. That's great. You could be a 25-year-old spiritual father because you've been walking with Jesus for 15 years and you've been leading small groups and that's all right. But he says, I write to you, dear children, because your sins have been forgiven on account of his name. I write to you, fathers, because you've known him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you are strong and you've overcome the evil one. I write to you, dear children, because you've known the father. I write to you, fathers, because you've known him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you are strong and the word of God lives in you and you've overcome the evil one. See, every church needs people who are spiritual children, right? They're just so excited. I love spiritual children because they're always asking questions. There's this, this joy, there's enthusiasm. They can't wait to come to church. They just can't wait. And then spiritual young men, spiritual young men are strong and young women, they're like, hey, what needs to happen? Let's go, let's serve, let's make a difference in our community. Let's do something right for the glory of God. And then spiritual fathers. You know, people who've been walking with Jesus for a while, who are, who are the ones who are taking the young spiritual children and saying, hey, let's take the training wheels off. Let's go, let me help you grow. Let me help nurture you. And they're leading small groups and they're leading mission trips and they're doing these things. You know, that's a healthy church. People in all different areas, people growing together. And you know, if you think about it, what does it center on? The word of God, doesn't it? Right, it's spiritual children, spiritual children need to be fed. Spiritual children need to be fed. You know, that's why it's important on Sunday mornings, we talk about the word of God. We spend time in the word of God. It's important to be in a small group. If you're a parent and you have a small child, you know what, and your baby starts crying at two in the morning, you don't go, hey, just go get the bottle. You'll be fine. You know, <laughs> it's on the counter. Yeah. No, they need to be fed, right? But spiritual young men are learning to feed themselves. You know, they're learning to feed themselves. They're, they're taking the word of God. And they're saying, I'm gonna take a daily step. I'm gonna read the word. My daughter, Grace, who's 10, you know, she doesn't go, hey, daddy, will you do that spoon thing where you go, you know, put it in my mouth? No, I'll be like, what are you, you're 10, come on. You know, at some point you learn to feed yourself. You learn to really get into the word. And that's important being in church and knowing and growing. And then spiritual fathers, what do they do? They feed others, don't they? Spiritual fathers are feeding others. That's the call of growth. That's what happens in our lives. So let me ask you this this morning. Where are you? It's important to kind of assess where am I, you know? Am I still trying to fit on this tricycle when God's called me to kind of move up? Or in my life, have I stopped growing? 
in my life if I kind of moved into a comfort zone and, and yet God has been calling me to step out? Where are you? And where are you going? <laughs> and what's it going to take to grow? What's it going to take to grow? Hopefully when you came in, you received a, this little booklet and or maybe you have one from last week. I'd love for you to pull this out or maybe you got one in a brochure in the mail. Uh, this is my little booklet. And last week we kind of filled out reaching out where we said we're going to take a next step and I'm going to commit to spending 2% of my time next, over the next 12 months uh, to reach out. And whether that's a local mission trip, national, international, whether that's walking across the street to a neighbor, whether that's helping somebody at work, whatever that is, but somehow to reach out. And then today we're going to look at growing up. And today we're, I just want to ask you to kind of look at this together and say, what's your next step to grow up? Because we never stop growing, right? I'm taking next steps. We never stop growing. So maybe saying yes to Jesus. Maybe for you it's baptism. Maybe for the next 12 months, God's been speaking to you and it's a time to take it. Maybe you say, well, you know, I was baptized as an infant. That's great. That's great. But that was really your parents' decision, right? You know, you heard a little baby going, hey, I want to be baptized. You know, that was your parents saying, hey, we want to dedicate our child to the Lord. We love that. But there comes a time of repent and be baptized, you know? That baptism follows your salvation experience. Jesus was 30 when he was baptized. Ever thought about that? Jesus was 30. So maybe for you, a next step is baptism. Maybe for you, it's daily step, reading the word. Uh, maybe just saying, okay, you know what? I tried it before, but that's it. In the next 12 months, I'm gonna make a commitment. I'm gonna read each day. It's gonna take, you know, five, 10 minutes. That's it. I'm gonna just really f- focus my mind on him. Maybe for you, it's a small group. I need to find a place. I need to be with other believers. And I've been scared. I just go to somebody's strange house. I don't know, you know, but, but I need to do that. And maybe for you, it's becoming a partner at the church and locking arms with other believers, not being a Lone Ranger Christian. Or maybe for you, it's worship one, serve one. I don't know. I don't know where it is. But I know this, God's calling all of us to take a next step. And so David's gonna play and I'm gonna pray over us. I'd love for you just to pull this out and kind of think, what is that next step for me? There should be a pen around you. I've got one here. And I'm just gonna write it in. And maybe on the back of that growing up where it says, I've already committed to to take a step and here's what it is over the next 12 months. Or maybe for you, hey, I've already finished my step and now I'm gonna do a new step. Or maybe for you, hey, I'm brand new to this, but I'm gonna commit for the next 12 months. Here's the way I really feel like God's calling me to, to grow up in my faith. Father, thank you. Thank you for your presence this morning. God, thank you that that you love us so much and that you never give up on us. God, you don't need us. I mean, you are God, you are sovereign over everything, but yet you allow us to be a part of what you're doing in the world. You allow us to join you, Father. God, we get to be a part of something so big that it impacts generations, God, long after we're gone. And so I pray today, Father, that you would call us to take a next step. I pray today, Father, for those who who you're speaking to about salvation. And Father, your Holy Spirit is moving in hearts and lives right now. Or maybe it's baptism. Or or maybe, Father, it's prayer. Or maybe it's praying with a spouse or with their family. I don't know, but God, you do. And every one of our steps is gonna be unique. And yet, God, today we come to take a step together, to grow up, to trust follow. It's not about religion. It's about a relationship. And Jesus, we long to grow deeper in our relationship with you.
So right now, Father, give us a moment just to hear from you. Move in our hearts, Lord, here's our heart. And God, we wanna respond. And it's in the name of Jesus that we pray, we respond. Amen, amen. This is your time with the Lord. You can just feel free to pray. Feel free as God prompts your heart if you wanna write down whatever you wanna do. But this is your time just to think about how do I grow up?